That was probably me holding my iPhone and mucking with the antenna. Am I better now? Yeah. Yeah. Remind me not to touch my iPhone. <laughs> okay. Don't touch your iPhone. Thank you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Harvest. I used Harvest to track time, track subcontractors' time, and invoice clients. Their time tracking is really simple and easy to use. Invoicing includes a PayNow function by credit card and PayPal, and you can sign up at getharvest.com. Use the code RF to get 50% off your first month. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Ruby Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Eric Davis. Hello. We have Evan Light. I'm here to make trouble as usual. And Jeff Schoolcraft. What's up? I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And this week, we're going to be talking about an experiment we're doing. It was suggested by one of our listeners um, uh, on time tracking. Let me pull that up real quick if I can find it and read it. Oh, we should blame the guy, too. I'm assuming it's a guy, but... Yeah, here we go. So um, basically what he says is, I've been wanting to make a survey about this, but I actually think it might make a great episode in the small instead of a bunch of random data points. Anyway, I think it would be cool to get an idea of how much time you spend on billable work, ad minutia, idea work like products, blogging, open source, fun stuff not related to programming, sleep, professional improvement, reading, experimenting, family time, stuff like that. I'd love it if you guys would or could keep track of your activities along those lines and discuss your results. I think the detailed tracking is an important part of this because I don't think we're all that accurate if we just try to estimate how long we spent. But even if I do, even if you just wanted to discuss your estimates, I think that would be interesting. And Eric actually pointed out in a comment that he has um, actual time for all business related tasks since he started in 2007. Um, he'd have to crunch the numbers, figure it all out, but he'd be happy to share his percentages. And um, I, I think, I, I thought it would be interesting. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this kind of um, experiment and how we're going to do it. What, what I think would be interesting too is if you, the listener, could also kind of get an idea of some of the things that we're going to be keeping track of and do it yourself. And then... Um, so, uh, sorry, what's what's this fellow's name? Because, you know, he has a name, right? His name wasn't Robert Paulson. So this was on the forum before I switched it over because I changed accounts and so I had to import and export. And uh-huh. when I imported it, it put my name on it. So I actually don't know who suggested this. Okay. So anyway, whoever whoever did it, yeah, kind of cool. But uh, anyway, so we're, we're going to... We are going to track our time. I don't know if I'm going to track all of my leisure time, but, you know, anything at least related to work, you know, so if I'm, if I'm reading or something, I'll, I'll be tracking that. Um, you know, you can assume that pretty much all the rest of my time will be family time. Um, as far as sleep time goes, my Fitbit actually does that. So I can pull that data, but, uh, anyway. Well, and I don't remember where I heard it, but it was something, basically someone talked about, like, if if you want to track the time you work to get better at working, that's fine. But I mean, you shouldn't track every minute of every day. And so like tracking, like how much time I spend with my family or time doing dishes and stuff like that's kind of kind of overkill I think yeah I agree that the other thing is is I mean some of the things that I used to do for leisure if if I have to do them if I you know like tracking that it just feels like work anyway and I don't want my leisure time to feel like work true yeah. but there's another point to be made here and that's that there can be a bunch of things that are actually business related but we don't consider them business related because we do them out of habit or even as a form of leisure like I go to conferences a bit granted I speak at them a lot of the time when I go, and so some of that time is certainly spent stressing about a presentation. But when I go and I'm not presenting, I still don't usually consider that work, and it is work-related, though. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, stuff like that falls through the cracks. Or the is when we just randomly, or at least with me, I kind of randomly read my RSS feeds, and when I'm reading um, tech articles, I don't really keep track of that time either, but that's all related to work, too. Yeah, that's true. And, and really, I think most of it's just to kind of do your best, you know? 
know, track what, what you feel like you can. But, uh, yeah, so I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about how much time we think we spend on these things, maybe in an, in a in our average week. So, a lot. <laughs> so I think billable work is something that we're tracking anyway because we want to get paid for it. Most of us are working hourly contracts. So I, I don't know that we really need to dig into that. Um, you know, again, I think most of us have a good idea. How, about how many hours every week do you work billable? For me, it, 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 honestly, it varies. Um, I was going to – I've been thinking before this podcast, I was going to remark that uh, there's an ebb and flow to a lot of habits, at least for me. I'm not sure this is necessarily true for other people. Um, for example, this summer I was just – I don't know, a little crispy perhaps, so I decided I was just going to work less. So I'm anywhere between 10 and 20 billable hours a week, I think, these days. And I guess until the summer, I was somewhere between 20 and 30 a week, usually. But it varies. Yeah, I've kind of varied down the same way, though it wasn't as deliberate. For me, it was just, you know, it's been so nice outside and I've had so many other things going on that it's just kind of the way that it worked out, except for the last two weeks, I think. Been a little bit nuts. Well, and I think it's like that with any kind of activity. I mean, especially if you're looking at like a month or a year or even just seasons, like, you know, most people get out more during the summer. You know, most people take vacation, you know, during winter around Christmas and other holidays. A lot of people take time off for family. And so there might be like cramming of work and then there's no work. So, I mean, I'm trying to think the way my schedule has been weird because I was cutting back a lot before the baby and then we had the baby and I'm still technically on paternity leave for it. So I look at it on a month basis. I try to do four to five hours a day of like, quote, work. Um, And then I think I had scheduled about two weeks a month for client work and then the other two, two and a half for like projects and products and stuff like that. So, you know, that's kind of a little less than Evan, but I was also doing a lot of product work. So those weeks, I actually had no billable time. Mm. See, when I, I haven't had much work. I haven't done much work this summer that, that isn't billable time, but that's been somewhat intentional. I haven't, I've honestly haven't been reading my, my nerd blogs as, as much as I normally would. Um, conferences I haven't been avoiding. It's just there aren't too many summer conferences or, you know, midsummer conferences. I just been trying to avoid work-related stuff. <laughs> But uh, usually I read, um, I go through my software development group of blogs in my RSS feeds every day and spend maybe a half hour on that because I usually have enough reading in there to make that about a half hour or so. Um, and I don't know in aggregate what I spend working on conference-related stuff for you know marketing, if you will, or that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Jeff? Uh, recently... Uh, I would say in general, I probably get somewhere between 20 and 30 billable hours a week, depending on a whole bunch of stuff. But recently, I've taken sort of a longer term, near full-time contract, and I'm getting, I mean, really close to 40 hours, so 35 to 40 a week or so for the last three or four months. But wow. Comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But and I, it's caused me to slack a ton on marketing and other stuff, which is going to bite me in a little while. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say that I don't feel like I never feel like I'm doing an intense job of marketing. I just and I won't even say I persistently do a little bit. Often, I guess I do a little bit punctuated, like you know, speaking at comps and whatnot. But speaking for myself, at least over the past two three years, the work's been consistent enough that I haven't felt like it needed to do more. Yeah, that, that's one thing with marketing, and, and maybe we can talk about that next. It's not in the list unless you want to count it under something like ad minutia, but 
Ed Minutia to me says something completely different. So yeah, um, for marketing for me, I mean, I try and spend a little bit of time every day. Um, that's more of a result of get clients now than anything else. You know, just ten, spend some time um, doing some follow up work. Uh, the last three days, I really haven't done any, and that's just because um, I had two clients uh, going to beta yesterday, <laughs> and so I was cramming in all the extra stuff that came up as as part of that process. So, um, but yeah, it's you know, it, it's something that I do a little bit of every day, and I think it's one of those things that you can do a lot of at once or a little at a time. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you just figure out what works for you. So as far as the amount of time I spend doing it every week, I'd probably say a couple hours. And I have a funny feeling that it's going to be wildly different from what I think because I really haven't tracked it. How about you guys? What about you, Eric? Um, it's hard for me because like I said, right now I'm on paternity leave. So everything I'm doing for the past few weeks, and I'm, I'm basically working part-time, but not any client work and not any really heavy stuff just because I'm interrupted. Mm-hmm. But over the past few weeks, I'm basically you know, 80, 90% marketing. And then the rest of the time is like cleaning up administrative stuff. So like digging through email, um, I've been scanning a bunch of paperwork that like I had scanned like a year ago. So, and then let's see, normally I don't, I haven't been doing that much, but I think I'm, I can't remember how many I'm scheduled, but I scheduled myself to do a lot more. Um, probably, probably at least 10 hours a week on marketing, um, oh, wow. maybe more, especially for products. Cause well, with products, 90% of the work is marketing once you have your product out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm trying to, trying to bring in a different variety and a larger amount of clients. So in order to do that, I need, need to start marketing a couple months ahead of time. Right. That makes sense. What about you, Jeff? Again, that's something I don't track. I mean, uh, I paste in the chat and we can share a link to it in the show notes. My rescue time, I use I use rescue time because uh, I'm too lazy to track what I'm doing. Um, I'm ha- I'm happy if on a regular basis I remember to track my time, like within a week or so. Oh, that's can, worse than it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, wow. for the most part, I can go back and piece together what I was doing through like Git commits and Skype chats and stuff like that. But I mean, there will be just days. Uh, it's it's still not a habit to me, but I don't know. I can go a couple of days without hitting start on my timer and then it's like, oh, damn, now I have to go piece it all back together. And it sucks right before you invoice trying to figure that stuff out from a week ago. But I was going to say, if you, if you track the time doing it that way and then you track the time doing it daily, you'd be interesting to compare i don't do that with my time tracking i try to do my time daily and that's i guess one of the few (laughs) the few regular habits i I have that way but i I think about that with respect to how i process mail because i'm atrocious about fetching my mail because i live rurally and my mailbox isn't you know right outside the house so i end up getting my mail from the post office every few weeks and my the longer I wait, the more afraid my nerves get as to what I'll find in the mail. So I end up procrastinating, I end up procrastinating yeah. even more, because but, you know there's only, there's rarely such a thing as as good mail other than the occasional paper check. Right, especially from the government. Especially from the government. So I do that. Great. I do the same thing. I got a PO box for the business, and it used to be it used to be I would try to get out there once a week or so just to get just to get all my checks from clients. But then I started giving my home address to some clients. So the checks just come straight to the house. Now I, I go out to a PO box like like you're saying. 
twice a month if I'm lucky. Yeah, I've thought about getting a P.O. Box for my business just because then I can register everything to the P.O. Box and I don't have to give out my home address as much. But. It's particularly nice if you have um, a mailing list and for all the can spam laws, you have to provide an address. Right. <laughs> so it's really nice to have from that standpoint. Yeah, that well, makes sense. Okay, so slight rat hole. Why do you guys care about giving out your home address um, in a business-related way? Doesn't it just mean you might get more paper spam, but if that were the case, you're just going to get it in your P.O. Box instead of your home mail? I'm not as bad. It doesn't bother me that much to give it to my clients, but like if it was something I would just publish on, like all my newsletters have my P.O. Box, and okay. it ends up being archived on the internet, and I just I haven't had yeah. a problem yet. I just don't want freaks showing up at my house, especially with my family. So Yeah, yeah, that's more or less where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about it, but you know, just a little Better bit of privacy. Sorry, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it only takes one nut job, right? Yeah. So. Well, you've got me on the podcast already. Oh, crap. Yeah, but you can't even make it to the post office. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> nice. All right. So so we've talked about billable but work. Yeah, and- so, so marketing on my end, I, I do, like I said, right now I'm doing very little, but I try to get in. Um, it was easier when I was trying to do the, when I was following the Gig Clients Now 28 Days tracker because then you're sort of forced to do something every day. Uh, but I say my status quo was something once or twice. I'm beyond the newsletters, which I'm not counting as marketing, which I probably should. Yeah. But beyond them, I, I probably do something once or twice uh, a week uh, for maybe a half hour, an hour. So woefully inadequate from a marketing standpoint, probably. Yeah. Well, it's that, only woefully inadequate if it's not enough for you, right? If right. you're getting yeah, enough, yeah. it's enough. I mean, so I was going to say as far as trying for me to try to try and attract my marketing, most of it or a lot of it goes into prepping presentations for conferences and that's very punctuated. I know that when I, I start working on them, I end up getting kind of insane and I'll spend, I don't know, maybe a, maybe half a work week, maybe a work weeks. I mean, more than a work week. If I'm doing 20 billable hours, I'll spend 20 to 40 sometimes on presentation. And if that was, you know, two hours a week of marketing, well, that's, you know, two and a half months or, or five months worth of marketing packed into a presentation, depending how you look at it in terms of effort. Um, and again, I'm not in a position to complain. I'm getting enough work. And I could argue maybe if I marketed more, I could bill more because I would get more work, but I'm happy where I am. Yeah. yeah it's I, fighting this idealistic standard. I find myself doing that a lot and I don't, I don't know. We need a psychology show so I can figure out how to get rid of that baggage. <laughs> Which, yeah. Idealistic standard baggage? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so. No, yep. seriously. Yeah, I, this sounded interesting. <laughs> No, the idea, I mean, like my comment was woefully inadequate marketing based on oh. my my idealistic standard of what sort of oh. a, an ideal freelancer does on a daily basis, spends 30% of his time marketing and whatever, 50% doing work and 20% in admin tasks, whatever. I mean, that's some, some idealistic standard based on all the crap I've read or heard or listened to. I'll tell, I'll tell you what my idealistic standard is. It's five minutes of marketing and people show up at my house with briefcases exactly. full of money. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, seriously, Chuck, you're going right the way I was thinking. Maybe maybe we need to collaborate on a book called The Good Enough Freelancer. <laughs> I, I can't see that getting us a lot of business. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, fine. So I focus on quality of my work, but everything else, I just want the work to show up on my front step so I can do the work. Right. 
as long as the work keeps showing up when I need the work, then I don't necessarily need to do anything else other than try to offload the administrivia, which might be a good segue into the administrivia portion of this discussion. Oh, man. Yeah, that's true. And and that's one thing. If, if we're talking about tracking time on the ad minutia or whatever you want to call it, I mean, it's just I, I hate doing it. I hate pretty much all of it. And yeah. so if it comes right down I to it. Know. I mean, I like the cashing checks part. That one's fun. Yeah, my kids like going with me to that part because they get a sucker when they come with me to the bank. Yeah, but, but you, right. Going to the bank is yet another chore. It's not. It's better than going to the mail, the, the post office, because at least you know you're getting something out of it. But you already have the check in hand. It's just busy work to put the check in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, but it feels rewarding. It's like, all right, I'm cashing in. You know, I don't know. It, so, it's I, this weird I, psychological I, thing for me. So right, going back to the administrative thing, for me, I keep trying to find ways to short circuit that process in a good way. Like, um... My accounting was a gigantic mess, so what have I done? Well, I finally got a decent accountant who I pay monthly, who I just send a little bit of information now and again, and he just makes all the problems go away. Yeah, I, I've done the same thing. You know, I, I mean, all I have to do is send a monthly statement from I, – I, I get money in PayPal every month. I get money in checks every month, and I get money in um, like one or two other like really dumb ways, and I have a business credit card. And so I all of that gets automatically put into um, QuickBooks Online. And then I just send e-statements over to my um, bookkeeper so that right she on. so that she can make it all go away. Yeah. But, uh, how, but then there's still time tracking. There's still invoicing. Yeah. Yeah. There's all still, of that stuff. I just, I hate, hate, hate. And I'll put it off. I put it off. The only thing I don't put off is invoicing because I need to get paid. Yeah, exactly. And, and I hate it. And so um, how much how much time I spend on that really depends on how critical it becomes. Yep. That, 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 I'm pretty much the same way. And, and then I'll spend a day or two straightening it all out and, and, once I get the critical, critical pieces out of the way, I'm like, well, I'm already doing this. And so I just suffer through the rest of it. And, uh, well, yeah. is it, the question is, is it really suffering? Is there more that, that you could, is there more that you or I or any of us could, could streamline or, you know, is this just cost of doing business stuff? We can't get rid of it. We have to do it. Like we have to go to the, we have to go to the post office to get the mail because we can't give some, we can't give someone else our identity to go do it for us. But there are ways, well, I mean, I mean there are ways thinking. to get around everything. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I had this really, like, no, go ahead. Post office stuff, there's, what is it? I can't remember that there's two of them that it's like a virtual post PO box. And if you first have a check. First class mail, I think is one. Yeah. First class mail. So if you have, if they scan the pictures, you say, oh, that's a check. Open the check for me. And it's like confirmed it's a check. You can give them authorization to deposit it to your bank. You know, they, they can, not power of attorney, but something like that. And I mean, invoicing. What's the name? And can you put a link in chat so we can put it in the show notes and I can have it? It's in the chat. It's earthclassmail.com. It's sweet. Yeah, you mentioned it to me before. I need to follow up on that. And there's some that give you like a swank email, a swank address in like downtown New York or San Francisco if you want them. Yeah, I've, I've, I've looked into these before. But I mean, it's like 20, maybe 30 bucks a month for that, you know, and then yeah. invoicing like... Yeah, I mean, I hear you guys complain about invoicing. My invoicing, I wrote a custom plugin for Chili Project, and it takes me 15 minutes a month to do invoices and email them out. You yeah. know, I spent well, a couple hours and automated it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it's a couple hours I use, but I've saved that in, you know, the first year, and I've been using it for almost five years now. Yeah, I, I complain bitterly. I, I whine about invoicing, but FreshBooks makes it so painless. I don't even. I honestly don't even spend fifteen minutes in a whole month on invoicing. It, it's it's just it's just yet another thing that has to go in my OmniFocus that I have to do weekly for one of my clients. And by and oh yeah, and I just forgot to invoice another client. And twice a month for another client. <laughs> yeah, and see, I well, have my VA do it, so I won't forget. Yeah, like I. 
Yeah, my invoicing process takes 15 minutes, but I have a policy of I invoice the first business day of every month. And so if a client's like, I want you to invoice me three times a month or every day, I say, no, my, this is my policy. This is when you, you can expect an invoice. And because I have that policy in there, it's, it's easy. I can remember it. It's like, oh, look, it's a new month. I need to make an invoice for people. Well, the only reason, the only reason I, I, I give any kind of pause there is that I have one client where – and I, you guys have heard me go on and on and on about this – where they, they would not give me a deposit. They just – they said that their process for what it's worth couldn't accommodate it, but what they were willing to do was do an ACH transfer every single week. So I, I agreed to that because I trust these guys enough. I like them enough that I was willing to go through with not taking the deposit. But you can be darn sure that I want to see that check every week as far as part as a part of defraying risk but it does mean a little bit more overhead for me so more invoicing yeah i mean yeah. i'm just saying like if if evan if you and chuck hate things like administrative things so much like there's ways to get around a lot of it i mean no i, I hear you I'm, stopped. 20 bucks a month to to get rid of mail sounds brilliant so i'm totally looking into that <laughs> no there are ways and it's supposed to be it used to be you had to use a service like earth class mail and then beyond that there was like the ups store and um post office post boxes and post office whatever the one is etc you basically it's like a it's like a p.o box and a post office except they can do some of the scanning but apparently the post office sent me something i don't know like in march that said they have this new service they'll email you when you get mail they can either sms or email you hmm. and so i've tried that like seven times now to get that to work and it, it hasn't worked yet the first time i went well, in it said the yeah i know <laughs> and it's 70 bucks a year so if it works i mean it's nice but i mean i already but it's have the post office yeah so I went in the first time. It's like, how do you want to be notified? And I checked both boxes and I gave him my cell phone for the SMS and I gave him my email address. And then I came back like two weeks later and said, hey, I haven't gotten anything, but I've received mail. He's like, oh, well, you check both options. You can only check one option. It's like, uh, you couldn't we tell me that. About, <laughs> we are talking about the organization that's responsible for the phrase go postal. Now, yes. that said, that I live at the following address and you can come kill me and never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyways, I mean, your post your post office, you might have better luck. But if you already have a PO box, there might be a way for them to notify you when you get mail, which is supposed to help you produce yeah. your trips to the op to the post office or whatever. Yeah, but but the other ad minutia out there, like uh, filing receipts or um, you know making sure that my subcontractor's time lines up with what the work they did and, and and crap like that, you know. And yeah, some of it can be outsourced, and you know, filing receipt doesn't take a whole lot of time but it's something that i have to remember to do it's something i have to put into my gtd system and you know and remember to take care of and things like that and i, I and i guess part of it's just that my system isn't very mature and so i haven't quite compensated for all the things that i dislike doing but yeah it's just anyway so uh how much time i spend doing it not enough <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I you're to. still in, you're still in business. Yeah, that's true. Right. I mean, the, the, the good one good metric is I'm still flying. I haven't crashed yet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I, I probably spend on average about what an hour or so a week, if that. You know, on 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 a normal week. And yeah, I back all that up to my my one trip to the post office every month or so, and then I suffer two to four hours going through all that mail, stressing out the whole time. Yep. Yeah, I would probably say a couple of hours a week for me. Uh, just the reporting requirements for this long-term contract are annoying. Um, and then just I try to batch up all my 
receipts and scanning for mail and try to run through that all and put get it into Devon think and that takes some time but yeah so the next the next one is something that I think Eric will be all over um, and that's the idea work the products blogging open source that kind of stuff which I don't get that category at all because products blogging and open source aren't ideas at all I know yeah as far as like coming up with new ideas yeah, yeah I don't really spend a ton of time doing that it, the, the rest of it really feels like either marketing or I mean open source Product is kind of yeah open source is really the only one that's not something that ties directly to your business as a marketer uh, but even marketing. then it can yeah so so the one thing i haven't heard other people talk about i mentioned it when i when i talked about reading you know blog post is uh, self improvement sharpening the saw kinds of stuff oh yeah i don't need it <laughs> yeah you know i keep looking at this node.js stuff laugh and then i just go back to working in rails yeah so so eric is beyond self improvement oh, i'm self improved well, I already said he was a Mary Sue, right? He's perfect, so he doesn't need any improvement. Right. No, actually, it's, in regards to that, I actually posted this morning on my blog. Um, I mean, you guys know there's, like, new technology every time. Like, there's Node.js, there's, you know, jQuery a couple of years back. Like, everything comes out hella fast. And so this is going to be my pick, but I'll kind of talk about it right now. Um, one guy did something where every day for a month he would spend an hour and play with some technology he doesn't know. Um, programming language, framework, you know, plug-in, any of that stuff, and would try to get it to work, try to build something semi-useful with it, and then write about it. And so he time-boxed it to an hour, so it's not a lot of work. I am basically copying his idea, and but doing it once per week. Would, would this person would this person be Chris Strom, who lives in Baltimore? Because no, because uh, he, he's been doing stuff like that for the past two years and blogging about it each day. Yeah, I heard about somebody doing something like that. I don't remember who it was though. He's the, the same guy David, who wrote the. I'm gonna mess up the last name. Esner, Exner, something. Huh. Okay, so someone else who's done something similar. Yeah, and so I mean, basically, I'm gonna be spending. I'm actually gonna spend probably two, maybe three hours doing it because I have another one I'm gonna do for uh, business and marketing related stuff. But in the past, I haven't. I mean, I've been too busy to put much time into it, and. Not that I felt behind, but it feels like there's all these things I haven't tried yet, and I don't know if they're good or not. Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually kind of cycling back, and like I said earlier, I'm bringing up more marketing work, and now I'm going to bring up more of the learning and self-improvement stuff. And like we talked about at the beginning, like you go through ebbs and flows of all the different types of things you do. Yeah, I think that something like that would be interesting. Is, is that all the self-improvement type stuff that you do? Um, I mean, I read constantly, but that's more like a hobby, like for fun. And then... Yeah, I really don't know. Like, it's hard to kind of put things into buckets, I guess. Right. Yep. Yeah, I do but a lot fairness, of reading. We, yeah, I'll sorry, go ahead. In all fairness, I, what? I was going to say that I've heard Dave Thomas talk about this, that we're all doing some degree of experimentation on the job, too, that we see some problem and we know how we would ordinarily solve it, but then often we realize, but if I did this, it would be easier. So there's yeah, the day-to-day -day improvisation that we do as part of our job that is also sharpening the saw. It's just... It's not dedicated learning, but it's still learning. Yeah, and what I do is like most, like I said, most of my projects have been a chili project, like a plugin, and so it's. I'm not going to say cookie cutter, but it's very straightforward. Like you have this, you know, forty, fifty thousand line application that you're working in, and you just need to change a few parts of it. And so the, what I've been doing is like whatever I'm, however I'm solving it, I'm going to do it exactly how I did it last time or a time before, but I'm going to change one thing of it. So it might be like using Formtastic, for instance, to do forms. And then I'll either know at the end of it if that was actually a good change or a bad change. So it's kind of like a scientific method, like isolating one variable at a time, but you know, it's not as precise. 
And yeah, so in my case, a bit of that. in my case, with the, the all the code janitor work that I do, um, that I'm working on code that are that even in a single project is various varying degrees of bad. Um, I have to respond with varying degrees of improvisation to make it better. So um, the interesting part of of doing a lot of maintenance programming is that I learn a lot because I'm always finding new and different, sometimes better ways of cleaning up bad code because all the bad code is different to some degree, especially right. within a project where a guy doesn't know how to be consistent. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting, though, the other side of that, and I, I feel like I'm falling behind on the sharpening the saw stuff. I mean, I do... a a bunch of consumption, I, and I kid myself into thinking that watching screencasts and reading books are useful or yep. productive. But uh, I mean, I, doing a ton of maintenance work, and pretty much all of my all of my clients are existing apps. I do very little greenfield stuff. So, I mean, I, I sort of I was thinking about this this morning and a, a couple of days ago. I mean, I, I'm I need some sort of a toy project to play with. Some just a fresh start to play with a bunch of stuff to see to see what's going on. And it's something you don't get a whole lot in maintenance well, work. Well, let me put this question out because I seem to, or it's, I guess question and statement, I tend to believe that there are actually more, there's actually more maintenance work to be had, if we're going to talk about finding work. Oh, there is. Than there is, than there is greenfield work. And that's because most people don't do their jobs well enough, for better or worse. And so there's always some degree of cleanup that's necessary. And it's amazing how many people do the job badly so there's a ton of work to clean it up. It's just a matter of if you enjoy it and what you get out of it. If you're and if you're willing to do it. Well, yeah, it's not glamorous, so it's, and the no. and the number of people that don't do their job well isn't just developers. It's hiring managers oh, hire the wrong totally. people, mm-hmm. business people totally. that don't convey requirements. It's all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of the vocal minority. All the startups that are that have new ideas and new projects. I mean, I do think they're a very small small vocal minority to the, I mean, Rails has been around for what David said, a decade, but I mean, reasonably. I mean, and so when you get right down to it, the, the work that you and I, Jeff, are in a way is, I think it's fair to say that it's kind of long tail work, that there's there's really quite a bit of it out there. And if it's something you enjoy doing, it's not a problem doing it. It's just a matter that a lot of people don't enjoy <laughs> janitorial, what could be considered uh, janitorial thought work. But it, yeah. it, it, it's something that, that I kind of get a kick out of because there's a challenge in cleaning up a mess. Yeah, and it's interesting. It, it's yeah. interesting because it's harder and harder to find. Like I'm I'm working on a Ruby one eight six Rails two o two ish project, and I've I don't have one right now, but I've had one three four projects, and it's very. I mean, it's hard to find in the newer generation of Rails developers anybody that's interested in looking at one three four stuff. Yeah, well, even when I get those, a lot of times I'm telling them that it might be a good idea to upgrade, it, it's, it, depending yeah, totally. on where they're at. But, you know, just, just for the sense of if I've got to work on this, you know, you're going to get way more value out of, it, out of it if I spend a few hours upgrading it first. It's a rat yeah. hole, but I usually push for the upgrade, if not for any other reason, because of security. Yeah. Yeah, security and, is always a big issue. But, and I mean, even from a productivity standpoint, if you're used to doing stuff in... Three two, and you have to go back to pre two three five days and try to remember how routing worked. And yeah, yeah right. That that's that's usually where I'm pushing them. I'm just like, look, you're gonna spend a little bit of money for me to upgrade this, but you know, then then I can get it done twice as fast. So ultimately, it's a win for you to go this way, and you get all the security and other goodies that they've built into the framework since then. Well, it's a little worse than that. This is also a rat hole, but I think it's worthy for Ruby freelancers to hear. 
from having talked to some folks or several folks about this, the problem is Ruby is all or the problem. I guess depending on how you look at it, is that Ruby or specifically Rails? No, not just Rails. But Rails is always moving, and the, the ecosystem is always moving with it. So if you let yourself fall too far behind, and you find yourself wanting to add a new feature later, you're almost certainly not going to be able to use some brand spanking new gem that someone wrote unless you're working off of a recent version of Rails. You're going to either have to find some antiquated version of something or you might even have to just write it yourself. Right. Yeah, if so, you can even find it. I mean, I had a if you pro- can find it. Yeah, I mean, I had a project I inherited that was using a version of a state machine that pointed to an SVN server that basically <laughs> 404. I mean, yeah. uh, nice. that was how old the code was. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's get back over to the topic at hand and talk oh, about yeah. uh, time tracking. So, so personal <laughs> improvement. Um, as far as that goes, I spend a lot of time reading books. Um, over half of what I read is business, you know, related stuff. Um, you know, I, I like to bend my mind that way more. If I'm going to bend my mind um, tech, on technology, then if I do have a book, I usually have it open on my Kindle and sitting right in front of my computer. And so then I, I'll, I'll read something, I'll learn about it, and then I'll jump in and, and dink around with it and try and figure it out. You know, actually make code that that looks like it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do spend a lot of time reading and stuff. And so if, if it comes down to that, I probably spend four or five hours a week easily on that kind of thing. What, what about you guys? Sorry, I'm too busy recovering from laughing at the joke I just made in the chat. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Someone's watching the Olympics? I don't know. I don't there's know. A from... guy on a, there's a guy on a bicycle about 30 feet down from me, and this is a bicycle. I should take a photo of this thing. It's amazing. It has a radio. It looks like a motorcycle, except it's a bicycle. I'm going to mute now. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, so we were we were talking about tracking time. How much time do you guys spend on um, the personal development, professional development stuff? I mean, from a consumption standpoint, uh, a fair amount. I mean, if, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably spend an hour a day in consumption on, I think that would be a light estimate. Mm-hmm. What about you, Evan? If you can put up with listening to the radio um, a little bit down on the way for me. Um, I'm going to say probably on between a half hour and an hour. It's a little hard to say because uh, some days I get really sucked into reading blogs. Other days I might not touch them at all. Right. Um, and even and then there are the days when I have the, oh, my gosh, the, the Twitter discussions that go back and forth and back and forth for an hour at a time. So, you know, honestly, I'm not sure. I guess I would have to up that estimate to maybe an hour because those Twitter discussions are happening more often, too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, are you making air quotes around discussion? Hey, they're not all they're not all me telling people they're wrong. Come on. <laughs> you're getting told you're wrong. <laughs> it usually goes both ways. Thank you very much. That's how the discussion gets started. Well, you're just a moron. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, well, that was just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so so Eric, about how much time do you spend on the personal development stuff? Um, like I said, like I'm with Jeff, like I do a lot of consumption. Um, and a lot of it is I know I'm not gonna get any value out of it, but it's enjoyable mostly reading but i mean anywhere from like i guess zero to like 30 minutes a week mm-hmm. and then the the experiment thing that you're doing every week on top of that yeah so that's gonna that's i'm trying to use that to kind of take over the consumption i mean right. i'm over consuming information not actually doing things with it like 
uh, several times a year I have to clean out my to-do list because it gets over a thousand items long. So that's this is kind of the let's just start doing things and then cross stuff off and not look at new shiny things to do. Right. All right. So the other things in here are fun stuff not related to programming. And I we, we kind of hit on that and how we, you know, aren't jazzed about tracking that kind of time. I, I The only thing that I think might be relevant to that is I'm, I'm sitting in front of my computer. Um, I'm kind of designated myself in the position to and in the time frame to get work done and I'm doing something else. In other words, I'm screwing around. I'm playing a game or something instead of getting work done. No, that doesn't happen. Come on, I so wanted to hear how much time Evan spent on Diablo. Oh, God. I, I, I really don't. And having just finished Mass Effect 3, I can tell I don't, you it, it I took don't, me I way don't more than 40 hours. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you got so much out of it because I really enjoyed that game a lot more than Diablo. So, you know, honestly, good on you. Good game. Yeah, I like Mass Effect. You also got to see the, the good ending as opposed to the crappy ending, which they made into the good ending later. Okay. <laughs> you, didn't the, you didn't hear all that BS about how no, the No, I did. Was. I just didn't pay attention to it. But I knew yeah. that. I mean, I tried to do most of that. Talk about a rat hole. I try to do most of those side missions first, but so did I. I, I, wanna, I, I wanna get the most out of my sixty dollar game. So Yeah, I hear you. Okay, I guess I've got two, two game picks. Oh goody. Here's how to waste your time, people. Work like I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the Mass Effect three website to see where I could get it and how much it costs. And it makes you enter your date of birth first. So I guess it's not designed for small children or something. No, I think you just have to be over thirteen time in there toward the end of it, but they don't get very graphic about it. Oh, yeah, there is. I mean, that's PG-13 at best, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's rated M for mature, blood, partial nudity, sexual content, strong language, and violence. Anyway, I think we've devolved to picks, so... (laughs) (laughs) Devolved to picks. Nice. (laughs) Was there any last category we want to cover real quick? Uh, Let's see. Education, administrivia, actually doing our job, sleep. I always get my eight, damn it. Um, I mean, so family time, I think, is important. I mean, kind of in the whole work-life balance thing, whatever you want to call that. I mean, I try to kill... Say again? It's a balance. What's that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I try to stop everything uh, work-wise sometime between 4 and 4.30 until 8 or 8.30 um, when my girls are home. I mean, I try to spend as much time with them as I can in the weekends. I try to unplug as much as possible and spend with the family. But I'm still working on that. But one of my goals. Nice. Yeah, um, it's really hard for me to track, and it, it varies so wildly from week to week that I really just have no idea. Uh, I mean, I, I try and make the time for my family, but sometimes things just happen, and I have to take care of them. So anyway, um, let, let's go ahead and do the picks. Eric, what are your picks? All right, so I got two and a half, I'm going to say. Um, so the first one is a blog post I wrote like this morning about doing the thing where I'm going to take an hour every week and try to learn a new piece of technology. Um, lots of stuff on there. Some of it I've used before, but I want to actually like get into more. Um, I have 34 things on there. And if you have anything else you can think of, like post a comment or just reply to me on Twitter and I'll add it. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm looking for more like breadth than depths right now. And then the second half pick is the actual, uh, the other guy who did it that I'm kind of copying. Um, it's on the Vig, whatever, Vigit blog or something like that, um, where he actually did it an hour a day for 30 days, which is pretty interesting. He has a tumble log that actually goes through and it's like his notes. And then my third pick is a tool I've been using that I don't know if we've picked it before, but it's called Breakman. Um, basically, it's a open source vulnerability scanner that's for Ruby on Rails applications. Uh, the author's really good about watching the um, 
any of the security stuff that gets released for Rails and updating Breakman. And so if you run it in CI or something, it'll catch a lot of these things. It'll catch like, hey, you might have a SQL injection problem here or there's unsafe input, all that stuff. It's pretty easy to set up, especially in CI. And once it's set up, like it can really save your butt. So that's all my picks. Awesome. Most um, of the answers, however, are upgrade. Yeah, upgrade or stop <laughs> doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, it hurts. Stop doing it. Evan, what are your picks? Okay, so I guess the first um, remotely work-related one, um, for my big janitorial project, I am starting to split this app out into multiple apps, mostly for uh, maintainability purposes. There are very few clear boundaries, uh, very few clear contracts between portions of the app, even though there are fairly fairly obvious sub-apps within the app, so I'm breaking it up that way to keep to help keep us sane. Um, but the interesting part for me is how, do you, how does one acceptance test um, all of those pieces together because those pieces have to interact to some degree. So what I'm looking at using, and uh, I'll link it in the, in the chat shortly, is where I'm, I'm just about to use today, uh, something by a company called Lookout called Test Engineer, which uses Foreman with Cucumber to allow you to tag particular tests as to require running a proc file and starting up various processes in order for the test to perform. So it would allow you to have, say, multiple Rails apps, or in my case, it's going to be a couple of Rails apps and a central authentication service running together in order for the uh, acceptance test to run. Um, and for the less useful things, um, <laughs> darn it, Eric distracting me with the chat. Um, for the less useful things, uh, two games that are very cheap and are a great way to waste your time, I mean to uh, relax the end of a workday. Uh, one of them is called Kerbal Space Program, which if you are a space and or rocket nerd, you will ex totally love. It allows you to build, to design and launch rockets and try to get them into orbit or try to get them to the moon or some far off planet, except it's not trying to be too terribly realistic. It's you know, Kerbal's little green humanoids rather than people. Um, the physics physics modeling is pretty great, pretty good. The only thing it doesn't do is end body modeling, so you can't have there are no Lagrange points, uh, for example, between the Earth and the Moon. But otherwise, pretty nifty stuff. Um, that costs eighteen bucks right now, and it's getting more expensive as more features get added. The other one is another pick off of Steam called Space Pirates and Zombies, also known as Spaz. Um, I think I got it for two dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know. Great name, right? I got it for two dollars and fifty cents off of the Steam Summer Sale. I think it's normally ten bucks. Either way, it's worth it. I put a. Unfortunately, Steam will tell me I put twenty-eight hours into it. <laughs> and, Steam will and, track um, your time, huh? It's it's Steam tracks your time, so it tells you how much time you've wasted. Yes, um, which is depressing because I can tell you how much time I've wasted on Skyrim, and let me tell you, it's worse than that. Um, <laughs> a lot worse. But um, so wait, is that like is a freelancing it, tip? Like if yeah, Steam has more freelancing tip. If you don't want to work, play computer games. But <laughs> But um, seriously, though, sometimes it's good when you just have a little bit of spare time and you're not sure what to do. Well, you break out a computer game or if you just need to wind down at the end of the day, then blowing up little green guys in rockets by accident over and over again can either be incredibly frustrating, in which case you should stop, or if you're laughing your ass off, you know, keep doing it because that's what I usually do. Um, that is laugh as I'm blowing up all these poor guys over and over and over again. Um, and that's it for me. All right. Um, Jeff, what are your picks? 
Uh, my first one, Rescue Time. I don't know if I've picked it before or not, but I mean, it's worth another pick. It's You install it on your, it's on my Mac. I guess they have Windows versions and it tries to figure out what you're doing and tell you how productive you're doing, how productive you are. And it sort of annoyed me that it would tell me how unproductive I was being. But uh, what really drove it home to me was uh, multiplying the time I spent by my productivity compared to the time everybody else spent in their productivity and realizing that I spent like 10 hours more for like one extra hour of productivity and that was that was sort of eye-opening for me but and so rescue timer is nice it's sort of frictionless what am I doing with all my computer time time tracker which is nice and uh, the second pick is more for Evan I've not played it uh, Starbase Orion the NS Coder Knight DC guys are playing this all the time it's some turn-based uh, turn turn-based space game build ships attack each other I don't know it's supposed to be fun i've not played it but more for evan any other sort of sci-fi nerds might enjoy it too all right cool all right so it's my turn to pick um so the last uh couple of days like i said i've been working on this beta stuff and i really haven't had time to 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 really get down uh, and figure this stuff out i do have a couple of picks one pick is something that i told um one of my clients to use um basically he was he was experiencing some bugs that i just couldn't duplicate in any way and so um there are two different things that we've used to communicate those. One is Jing, J-I-N-G dot com. Um, basically, it's just a little app that you can take a quick screen, uh, screen, what do you call it? Screencast of your screen. And then you can uh, share it on the internet for free so that somebody else can view it. And so then he can just send me the link and I can look at it and say, oh, okay. So when you do that, and then I go in and I can duplicate it and I can fix the bug. Um, the other thing that we've used to clarify some stuff is just the Skype screen sharing uh, feature. And so I'll, I'll put a link into Skype. Um, if you if you don't know much about that feature, um, it's it's built right in. You just click the little bubble with a plus in it if you hover over the area where your video chat is. And uh, anyway, it's a one-way screen share. There are better uh, tools out there, but since we communicate over Skype anyway, um, it's just a super way of doing that. So anyway, um, those are my picks. And uh, um, it, one other thing that I want to point out before we wrap this up is that if you have suggestions for our next book club, then... Uh, uh, go ahead and um, you can either tweet it at us, Ruby Freelancers. You can email you can email me, Chuck, at teachmetocode.com, or you can put a suggestion into our um, suggestion uh, system and just, just put in book club in the front and then we'll consider those. I know that Eric also has a bunch of books that he recommends, so we might just look at some of those and, and see what's there. But anyway, are there any other announcements that you guys want to put out there before we wrap this up? Yeah, uh, sure. Roku, Roku has announced they're switching over very shortly. The database yeah. and I got an email uh, there's a 10,000 row limit in the yep. free database and they've got a tool that will let you see how many rows you have and I've <laughs> I have this app that I don't use that much called Erlag, but it has like 1.7 million rows on their free plan. So I'm a horrible freeloader, but just just so you're aware that they're going to switch soon. And if you're using a free database, you might get an email about how many rows you have. That's so actually does that mean a like very the- good point because a lot of my clients have staging apps that are just one server and they're using a shared DB and they're either going to have to they're either going to have to trim down the database a lot or they're going to have to start paying for it yep. or rehost so i mean does this mean like the put your app on heroku for free is kind of going away 
No. Free your app on Heroku for free for dev and maybe a staging as an alternate environment, but at fairly low use type situations for the free free plan. Yeah. Less than yeah. 10,000 records in the database. And that's I, just I don't the Postgres think... one, right? Yeah, it's Postgres. Uh, yeah. Okay, I don't so like if you're using the Mongo. They don't support it. Oh, yeah, Mongo. I was going to say, I don't think they support anything but Postgres. All the other ones no, are well, add-ons, not, right? Not yeah, right. They've got their MongoDBs that are add-on, and some of them have pretty generous storage. Um, but with Postgres, though, for, for most of my clients, when they do staging, I encourage them to use production data in the staging environment. And they don't trim that production data set down, so there's almost no way that they're going to be able, at least for those guys who aren't doing Greenfield, there's almost no way they're going to be able to fit their production app in, in the staging environment without another paid database. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so it, it might work really, for Greenfield devs, but as soon as you go production, you're going to start paying money for it. Yeah, and at least in my case, whenever doing staging, like I almost always want at least the same quantity of data. I mean, it's good to sanitize it, but like right. you want the same amount because otherwise your performance is going to be completely different. And that's exactly yeah. why I encourage my clients to use the production data in the staging. It gives you the the most accurate assessment of of behavior to a degree. Um, if, they, if, if they don't spend the same money to get the same infrastructure behind it, other than just the, having the size of the database, then you know staging will be slower. But you want to at least know that darn thing will work. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Um, I was going to announce, uh, I'm speaking at Lone Star Ruby Conference, but I think by the time this uh, this recording goes up, I'll probably be there already because that's next, thir- next Friday. Next Friday. And, it should be out before then, but not very much before then. Right. Well, I guess then I'll mention I'm at, um, I'm at Windy City Rails, um, the middle of August. I was sorry, the, the early September. Blah, early September, uh, doing a talk, and then I'm am at the Geek Fest in Chicago just a couple days before that. Okay, cool. Evans hitting the road. Yeah, it's that late summer thing. Yeah, you know, that's well, when the yeah. early summer, late summer for coughs. Yeah. So while we're talking about this, um, I'm going to be at Aloha Ruby conference in October. Nice so. slacker. Yeah, my, my wife won't <laughs> go to me with me to any of these conferences, and I, I was talking to her, and I was like, "Do so you want to go with me?" And she's like, "She's like, yeah." She what was that? Want to go to Hawaii? She does want to go to Hawaii. Oh, okay. There we go. Smart yeah. one. They don't pay Aloha Conf doesn't pay for any of their speakers travel, do they? No. Yeah. No. At least it's a tax write off, but still, it's expensive. Yeah. Hawaii yeah. is very expensive. Yeah, that's why I'm not doing any conferences in August or September. But I'll yeah, be cool. I'll be going be to time, I'll be going to RubyConf because it's in Denver, so it's only like an eight hour drive from here. Oh, yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't thought about doing that yet. Mm. Yep. And that's in was it late October? I don't remember. It might even be early November. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, it might be November too. I'll have, yeah, I gotta look. If there are any tickets left, there might not be now. Oh, I haven't bought tickets yet. I probably ought to. Anyway, so we'll wrap this up. Um, thanks for coming, guys. We'll catch you all next week. See ya later. See ya.